I'm Alan Carter. Here's what's coming up on the podcast today. Oh, no. Justin Trudeau is out front of his cottage again. Oh, man. Even he says nobody wants to see him there. Plus, freelance journalist Laura Hensley joins me to talk about some hot goss and dealing with sad seasonal affective disorder. That's coming up. Let's get to it. Welcome to the program and welcome to Pseudo Lockdown Friday. This afternoon we're going to get the news from Doug Ford about what new restrictions are going to be in place. They're going to use the word lockdown. It's not a lockdown. It's not a lockdown in the terms and in the way it's understood in other parts of the world. It will be tinkering around the edges and we're going to get to that. We want to get to to the uh, Prime Minister in just a moment when he begins to take some questions from reporters. The Prime Minister, of course, out in front of his black door at his cottage again today saying, yeah, I understand, you don't want to see me here either. Uh, And, of course, I think there's a fatigue across the country. The Prime Minister admitted that, acknowledged that. Everybody's tired. Everybody's frustrated. There's a lot of finger-pointing. There are questions about whether or not we're doing the right thing in terms of our government, in terms of the restrictions that we bring in. I I do want to start, though, before I get too far into it, by saying this. Uh, Happy birthday, Doug Ford. Uh, Doug Ford today is, I think, 56, I believe. Uh, And, you know, I think you you can say a lot of things about Doug Ford depending on, you know, what your political leanings are. Um, you might have a very strong opinion about how he is handling this pandemic. Uh, I think, though, that we can all appreciate uh, the fact that public service is uh, an incredible calling. And there is, you know, I, I can take issue with the way that Doug Ford communicates or the way that, um, you know, the, the, the province rolls things out. But at the end of the day, I don't think anybody takes any issue with Doug Ford's uh, commitment to public service. Uh, and if you have watched him over the past couple of days, he looks incredibly strained. He looks like he needs, well, I think we all need a bit of a sleep, a bit of uh, a rest, but that's not coming. We don't have it. Uh, so a, a sincere birthday wish to Doug Ford today on a tough day for the Premier and for the province. Rob is on the board for us, and he's monitoring uh, Justin Trudeau. He's going to let me know when Justin Trudeau gets to those questions and lets us, uh, you know, when we get to questions, I think we might get some better ideas from the Prime Minister about, you know, what the national uh, the, the national outlook is here. People often ask me, why is it you spend, spend so much time talking about provincial politics? Now, why don't you talk more about the beard, you know, stepping out front of his cottage door and emoting to all of us and how annoying that is and i <laughs> i agree i agree it wears on it wears on all of us but i think you know we, we need to look at where the rubber hits the road and where is where are the decisions being made that have a real impact on your life and later on today there are going to be decisions announced that are going to have a real impact on your life And the Prime Minister is today saying, imploring us all, cut down the number of contacts that you have. We must do that. Teresa Tam saying this morning that if if we don't scale back, 
you know, if we if we head into the holiday season and we just begin to, well, well, I'll see so and so, and I'll see Auntie this, and I'll see this, and I'll see this person, then we are going to go on a trajectory that is very, very bad news. Look at the numbers today again in Ontario, fourteen hundred and eighteen, one thousand four hundred and eighteen, eight more deaths. And everybody, you know, every region in this province has got a story. Right now, as we wait for Doug Ford's announcement, <laughs> yesterday was just, again, it was just kind of jaw-drapping on the DOFO show, as they call it, the 1 o'clock DOFO show today. Today at a special time at 3.30 this afternoon, the DOFO show. Yesterday on the DOFO show, uh, Doug Ford was attempting to uh, jump over a pool with a shark in it on water skis, and just at the apex of the jump, they said, stay tuned until tomorrow. That's obviously a Happy Days reference, a jump the shark reference, but there was a kind of an odd moment yesterday where you know, we, reporters are trying to press Doug Ford, what are the recommendations going to be? And he looks right at the camera and says, I don't actually know what they are. I haven't, I haven't been told yet. Dr. Williams hasn't told me. And Dr. Williams is no word of a lie six feet away from him. It's like, you, can, can you, I guess you can't whisper. It's like, don't tell me. I don't want to know. Don't ruin the surprise. And then, and then Dr. Williams comes up there and says, um, I've, I've let the Minister of Health know my recommendations. It's like, Doug's in the back like, don't tell me. I, I want to wait. Don't ruin it. I understand it. that. <laughs> Uh, Rob's just uh, popping in here. Uh, are we at questions here with Trudeau yet? Is JT getting around to finally Not taking yet, a question? No, sorry. Not yet? All right, we're going to take you to that when that happens. I, I was talking about how every region has a story. Look at those numbers here as we break them down region by region. Peel with 400, 400 cases in Peel. That is the uh, top gainer in terms of public health units across the province again. The overall number, 1,418, 400 of them in Peel. What's going on in Peel? That percent positivity, very high. And you watch. When you see restrictions come in today, are they going to target Peel? Are they going to come in and, re- like, oh, we're going to say lockdown, 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 lockdown. But are are, are they going to truly lock down those regions of Peel, that North Brampton area, where percent positivity is hovering around 20%? Dr. Suman Chakrabarty is with the Trillium Health Partners in Mississauga. Here's what he recommends could help Peel Region. One of the things that I've seen is this isolation center. So people can't uh, isolate at home, they can isolate there. And paid sick leave because many people are worried about coming forward because if they're financially unstable and they have to go off work, that can be a big income hit. So these types of things may be able to directly assess the problem. That is Dr. Suma Chakrabarty talking about ways that we can address the problem in Peel region. And again, I go back to this whole idea of a lockdown. If you said lockdown to somebody in the low countries, in, in Belgium, for example, that means you don't get to leave your house. That's shelter-in-place kind of style. And I think what we're going to see today is tinkering around the tinkering around the edges. Let's check in with Rob again. Are we closer to questions from uh, JT? He's about to answer his first one. All right, let's go to Justin Trudeau now as he begins to answer questions from reporters. Justin Trudeau with an update outside of his cottage home in Ottawa. 
for Catherine Levesque of Canada Press, Canadian Press. Thank you, Mr. Trudeau. Radio Canada is saying this morning that some members of your caucus would be unhappy by Quebec's announcement about the possibility of families gathering over Christmas. Are you unhappy we'll with that announcement? We'll check back in on this when we get back to an English uh, answer about a uh, question there about families gathering over the Christmas break. One of the things that's likely to be announced today is uh, new restrictions on retail in Ontario. And many people are uh, are surmising that what the Ford government will do is not possibly close malls, because there was talk about maybe, you know, that's on the table, just shut down malls, but to rather restrict, uh, severely restrict numbers within malls. i got to tell you what, what we're planning for here on Global News right now is we have our resources marshaled for tonight at about 6 p.m. for lineups as people rush to the mall. Because I think that there's a real danger that that's what's going to happen tonight as the province comes in and likely will say, well, here's a bunch of things that we're going to do, and it'll come into effect maybe midnight tonight is when some of those measures will come in tonight. And everybody will be like, oh, my goodness, gots to get the Christmas shopping done, let's go to Fairview. And it's going to be bonkers. And I think it's going to be bonkers over the next couple of days people will start rushing around. That's something that we're looking for. Now, I, I, don't, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. Maybe that's not what is going to happen, but I suspect that people are going to be rushing out, trying to get things done. I'm also thinking about you know, businesses that have worked hard to reopen. For example, my gym. My gym is in Toronto here, and and you may know this, that despite the fact that numbers in Toronto have been going up sharply, sharply, and just last Friday, you know, the, the provinces were like, well, we're going to do all of this, we're going to do this, we're going to move this region into this color and this region into that color. Well, Toronto actually changed from modified stage two to this uh, red restrict with extra precautions by the local public health officer, Dr. Eileen Davila. But it did allow for gyms to reopen under, of course, lower thresholds for numbers and no fitness classes. You know, the, as I say, my jazzercise class is off. So I'm really, my Bob Fosse moves are getting a bit, they're getting a bit rusty. But the, so the gym, and my gym actually opens on Monday, this Monday. It opened up and said, okay, under, you know, these Conditions, you know, you know, check in, blah, blah, blah. And I, I think, you know what's going to happen today? They're going to get shut back down again. Shut back down again. Like, can you believe, can you imagine a business owner? Like, what? You just said we're following the rules. Let's get back to the prime minister. I think we got an English question. And open. Sir, uh, I'm wondering from your perspective, what, what do you think has gone wrong here? Uh, were provinces too quick to ease restrictions, too slow in putting them back in place? Do you think your government bears some of the blame, or is this about Canadians and their own choices? I think, quite frankly, we're seeing a spike right around the world in this second wave. Uh, we are seeing places that otherwise had things reasonably under control uh, suddenly, uh, suddenly see spikes. 
I think there's probably lots of things contributing to it. There's probably more things all of us could have done differently or should have done. And of course, we're going to learn from all those things. But right now, I'm focused on what I know we can do. I'm seeing uh, provinces, mayors, public health authorities uh, bringing in uh, new rules and tighter restrictions. I'm seeing Canadians willing to once again step up and do their part. As a federal government, we made a promise from the beginning that we would have people's backs throughout this, whatever it takes for as long as it takes. And that's what we're doing. And with these extra supports to businesses, with continued supports to Canadians, we're demonstrating that we will continue to be there. And I know we're going to get through this. Sports news for Raptors fans. The Toronto Star is reporting that the federal government has denied requests for the Toronto Raptors to play the upcoming NBA season here at home. This is not really a big surprise. This is much like what happened with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, the Raptors will now have to find a home south of the border, somewhere else to play, because when the NBA season, which is scheduled to resume, I believe on the 22nd of December, if it does resume, uh, they won't be in a bubble anymore. You know, they'll actually be playing in home stadiums, and you can't have, you know, the other teams driving over the border, which is closed. So, at this point, at least, the Toronto Raptors will not be able to play any upcoming games here in Toronto. All of it, you know, when we weigh it all together, it kind of weighs you down, doesn't it? In a nice day today, which is thankful, but it's darker. All of it is a little tough to get through. Laura Hensley is a freelance journalist and has written a piece on healthing.ca about how she hates the winter and how she plans to survive it, the COVID winter of our discontent. Laura joins me on the line. Great to have you back, Laura. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Alan. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, do you have one of those lights, one of those fancy lights? I do. I have a sad lamp, which is, you know, one of the more popular ways of dealing with sad, you know, seasonal affective disorder. I haven't pulled it out yet because today is really beautiful, but I think I'm going to need to be using it very soon. Uh, here's just one thing that I'm wondering. Is one of those cool new ring lights that uh, I got to look good on Zoom calls, is that work as a seasonal affective disorder light? Does that work too? <laughs> boost your mood because you look better on screen so if it helps you feel better it all works but i don't think those you know selfie lamps are exactly what a sad lamp is a sad lamp, it has a very specific type of light um, that's supposed to mimic natural sunlight and that's how it boosts your mood so selfie lights i'm not sure about okay now you've used it in the past does it actually does it actually work do you think it improves your mood during the darkness of the winter I mean, you have to get a good lamp. So I read tons of reviews online. I was really a few winters ago trying to find a way to combat this seasonal depression. It's, you know, really hard for so many Canadians. And so I found a sad lamp online. I ordered it. It was like 150 bucks. I was like, if I invest in this and it helps, it's worth my money. But you really have to sit in front of it for about 20 to 30 minutes a day um, to get the effects of it. And you can't look directly in it. Um, you know, it, it, it's a tool that helps. But I wouldn't say it's a solution uh, for sad, but it's definitely part of my toolbox, so to speak, on how I kind of cope with it. 
Speaking of coping, how are you coping with the potential of another lockdown? We heard the Prime Minister just a short while ago saying, admitting, hey, nobody wants to see him in front of his cottage again giving updates and that people are tired and just, you know, feel like giving up. How you doing? How you doing? I mean, I think it's hard. It's hard for everyone. I feel, you know, quite sort of restless. I'm in a small condo with my partner and we've both been working from home since March. So it's certainly tough. Um, I think for me, one of the things I found to be most like helpful is going for a walk every day. So I try to take a break at lunch and just get fresh air and then listen to like a really funny podcast or some nice music. It kind of just takes you out of the moment. But I think with new lockdown measures, people are really going to have to find those little tools to help them feel better. Because like you said, I think Canadians are just so sick and tired of this. We just, we have to get through this next stretch. And I'm, I'm really hoping that the vaccine comes through in the new year and we can put this horrible pandemic behind us. I just can't go back to bacon bread. I can't. I don't want to. <laughs> How have you been coping with all this? Uh, I, I doom scroll. That's what I do. I just I just get on the Twitter machine and I doom scroll to my eyes bleed. And I, I don't recommend it for anybody. Um, no. Like, can we can we spill some hot goss? Can we just? Can we get some hot goss. That's a mood booster every day. I'm happy to talk hot goss, celebrity goss. I don't understand that. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Williams is joining us for our discussion of the, uh, as our spilling of the tea, as it were. Uh, let's begin with Britney Spears and this whole free Britney thing. What's going on with the Brit? So Britney Spears recently lost a legal battle challenging her father's control over her personal and professional life. So he's been her conservator since 2008. I'm sure everyone remembers it's sadly embedded in pop culture history when Britney had that really bad breakdown. Uh, there was a lot of mental health issues going on at the time. So her dad took over, took over all her health care decisions, took all of her financial decisions. And it's been in place for like 12 years. And now she's saying enough is enough. I do not want to be, you know, under this guardianship anymore. And so she went to court trying to fight it. And unfortunately, she lost. But I think this is just the beginning of her case. And I think it's, you know, a signal that she's finally realizing she's been working, she's been getting better. And she wants to have that control back, you know. I just think that in the midst of a pandemic, a free Britney campaign just it doesn't seem to ring well. You know, it doesn't it just doesn't seem like let's let let's let Britney free doesn't seem right. Well, the Free Britney movement is really interesting because at times it borders on conspiracy theory and other times is it just powered by fans who actually believe that, you know, her dad's conservatorship isn't helping her, it's hurting her. So, you know, the details of the Free Britney movement are essentially they believe that she's being kind of held against her will and they will take it to point sometimes. Some of her fans really love watching these Instagram videos that she posts kind of looking for secret clues. I think the pandemic has really uh, let people's minds kind of go wild and they're they're looking for any form of distraction. So it's definitely not a helpful tool at this point. But the, the, the main message of the free Britney fans is that, you know, she deserves to make her own decisions. Let Britney be alone. So we'll see what happens when the courts, you know, go back. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, unbelievable. He's got a number one on the New York uh, bookselling list, number one book, his new uh, autobiography is out. And now, I just found this fascinating, now there's a report that he is, 
you know, not ruling out running for office. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. You'd think that Americans would have learned by now that, like, don't elect celebrities into office. It's just not a good idea. It's not going to end well. Um, I think Matthew McConaughey is on this really strong PR strategy role where he's saying these wacky things in interviews to promote his new book. I mean, it's working. We're talking about it now, but I don't really think he has any serious plans. I think he wants people to talk about him and he wants people to vote. He's been a big advocate for getting out there and voting, which I respect, but I I, I really just don't see him, you know, actually taking this seriously and becoming a governor of Texas. No, I and it, I saw him on Colbert basically saying that he has had the same answer to the same question for years. He's always asked about it, and he says the same thing. And for whatever reason, he didn't say you know no quite strongly enough. And it all of a sudden now it's you know it's just popped up like wildfire. And I think it is part of what you were talking about. People just want to think about anything other than coronavirus. Oh, for sure. And Matthew McConaughey, he's a likable guy. You know, he's never really publicly said his political affiliation. So he hasn't angered the Republicans of his home state of Texas, but he's still in good with the, you know, Democratic crowd of Hollywood. So I think he's a smooth talker. You know, so he could be a good politician, but I just really don't think that he has any serious ambitions. He makes more money in acting, so he's probably just going to stick with that. Can we just talk about Dolly Parton uh, for a moment? Dolly Parton uh is just incredible it just what an what a career and now it turns out that dolly parton is saving the world (laughs) yes i mean i think that to your point of news that we really want right now we want dolly parton to be the pandemic hero that we didn't know we needed i think the fact i mean she donated what is a million dollars to uh, Vanderbilt University, which was integral in, in developing one of the COVID vaccines that's looking to be really effective. So people are really reframing this and saying Dolly is saving us, Dolly is, you know, supporting the pandemic uh, relief efforts. So she's just one of those celebrities, though, that I think everyone loves. She's hard to hate, you know, she's popular with feminists, she's has country fans. She has fans who are part of the LGBTQ community. She's just kind of across all lines, and she just makes people feel good. So I think right now we're really putting her on this platform and hoping she'll save us from these dark days. What's interesting about Dolly, though, is that she hasn't always been that. I mean, she has been, you know, seen as anti-feminist at some point. And, And it's so interesting to see her celebrated, as you say, by an entire cross-section, right across, uh, you know, the cross-section of culture. Yeah, I think she's really sort of stood the test of time. I know that she hasn't really publicly called herself a feminist, but I think in an interview... Uh, another feminist icon in my book, Jane Fonda, she was saying, you know, Dolly is, she is the definition. She's been someone who has really had a successful career and she's, you know, using her platform for greater good. Um, but I think the fact that she has so much renewed interest right now, I mean, it's, it's great timing with the pandemic and the vaccine, but she's also has a Christmas record. She had a podcast recently and a Netflix show. So she's still kind of, you know, really working in, I'm not going to use a nine to five. Pun, oh, come on. Do it. You were almost there. <laughs> I I had to stop myself. I mean, I think I'm a better journalist than that, but I don't know anymore. It's been a long year. <laughs> well, I will always love you. Um, that's my Dolly. That sounded creepier. No, that was just a little Dolly Parton reference. <laughs> 
Laura, have a great weekend. Great talking to you. Great spilling the tea and talking some hot goss. Thanks, Alan. I'm always happy to talk hot gas. Have a good weekend, too. (laughs) That is Laura Hensley, who is a freelance journalist, and you can uh, read some of her work on healthing.ca. That's the podcast for today. Don't forget to catch The Alan Carter Show weekdays beginning at noon.